Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Street Cop Training Podcast. We're your host, founder and CEO of Street Cop Training. My name is Dennis Benito. Today I have with me a very special individual right out of our Street Cop Survivors Club. Really, really great dude. Has a crazy story. But without further ado, I just want to say thank you for being here today. And I think a lot of people are going to find value in the things that we do and discuss. And your time is valuable. I understand that. I appreciate it. But no further ado, TJ Webb. Hey, Dennis. Thanks for having me, man. So give us the couple minute version of who you are, where you're from, what you do, and then we'll go into what the fuck happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So TJ Webb, um, I work for a small agency in Delaware. Um, started out on patrol like everybody else, worked up through some special units, uh, ended up landing in the uh, Marshall's Fugitive Task Force. Um, and that's where my story begins. Yeah. How long were you on the job before this incident occurred? Uh, at the time, this was uh, December of 2020. So at the time, I had uh, eight, pushing 18, about 18. Oh, wow, yeah. dude. Yeah. Still had that yeah. fire in your belly after 18 years? Yeah, man. I mean, Fugitive Task Force, it was running and gunning every day. And I was loving every second of it, man. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. It. I feel like yeah. sometimes for guys like you and I, like, yeah. I don't know if it, I never thought I'd leave. You know, I thought I was going to be there for 65. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I never, I mean, I'm technically I'm still there. I'm on Warmer's Comp still, but, um, yeah, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't like looking for like an out or anything, you know. I'm just living the dream, man. I was, I was loving. So obviously, the story's pretty intense, dude. I've uh, read a lot about it. Why don't you give us the? And by the way, did you know about this company prior to this event, or did you learn about us after the event? I didn't follow you guys a lot, but I knew about you guys. And then a friend of a friend turned me on to the survivors group on Facebook just recently, like a couple months ago. Um, so I got on there and I'm not real active on it, but I, I follow other people's stories and stuff. And it's really helpful. It's a really good group. It's, it's really something special that you started. So it's really cool. Yeah. Dude, uh, we had, I did a class yesterday, literally in Kansas City. Uh, well, actually, Lenexa, Kansas, but uh, Josiah Overton, who did one of the podcast episodes, happened to be in the class. I was surprised. I didn't read the roster. I was like, oh, shit, dude, you're here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we talked about that yesterday and how important that was. And we talked about fear and like, you know, yeah. people are scared to do things. I'm scared to do a lot of things, but I don't ever let fear dictate my decisions. You know, although I'm, yeah. uh, I have fear, I'm not afraid is my motto. And we talked about that. I said, you know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. Even though I can't, when I started that group, I said, guys, listen, I will start it. I will get you off and running. I will be here to support you. And I think you need to reach out to me, but I can't run an additional group. Right. Yeah. Um, but like, when's the next meeting? May 12th, I think. 15? I think it's May 12th. Uh, yeah, I think it's next Thursday. I wanted to get on it, but um, I'll be in D.C. for police week at... Um, Brother, you got to come to the you're coming to the tent, right? Uh, what days are you guys there? Are you there all week? The whole fucking time. Tent City. We got five tents. I'm there Wednesday Wednesday afternoon through Friday. So, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'll figure out where you guys are at. I'll pop over. Bro, you can figure out where the fuck I'm at. I'm Tent City, motherfucker. <laughs> right, that's where the fuck I'm going to be. Uh, and you know who we have with us in the same tent? Uh, we'll have... Um, Copper Gear, who does our our coins and our patches and all that other stuff. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have Johnny Castro at our tent, and uh, we're excited about that, man. I, people don't know who Johnny Castro. He's the guy who does all the paintings for yeah, the police officers awkward. who were killed in the line of duty. It's, it's badass, yeah. right? They they are super badass. Yeah, I gotta stop by and see that. I'm I'm pumped that the dude's in the tent with me. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I just want to see some of the stuff, man. It's cool. Yeah, no, it's wild shit, bro. I'm so yeah. fucking excited about that. I'm really yeah. looking forward to the to the weekend. Uh, but yeah. yeah, dude, definitely come see us for sure. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll be there. Yeah, definitely. Cool. All right, so T, let's go into 
the night. Tell us about what was yeah. going on, what you guys were up to, and then what the fuck happened. Yeah, so it was a normal normal day at work. Um, it's a it's a federal task force, so we're we're statewide. Um, my team itself, we have four guys on our team. We work like the southern part of the state. Um, three of us were available uh, this this evening. One guy was at, was out on a uh, another assignment, unfortunately. So yeah, any other like any other workday, we all get home. I get home like a, a normal time for once, which is like five o'clock. Um, usually we we start our days pretty early and we run pretty late in the night. Um, like I said, we're pretty running and gunning. Uh, I get home about five o'clock. Uh, we operate on like group text threads, so we get we get a message about a guy wanted at a Reading PA for attempted homicide. He's supposed to be staying at the Econa Lodge Motel uh, down here at the uh, beaches in Delaware. At the time, I wasn't far from there. I was pretty close. So I offered to go out and do a drop by the hotel and see if the car was there. Um, the plan was to go in the morning and hit the hotel with Pennsylvania. Um, so being that I was close, I wanted to go check out, uh, get eyes on the vehicle, just verify. So I head out there, vehicles in the parking lot. Um, I, park, I park not too far from it, uh, take a picture of it, call up supervisor, let him know. As I'm on the phone with him, suspect walks out. He's got his girlfriend with him and two small children. Holy shit. They hop in the car and I let them go. I'm not, I'm not going to do anything by myself, obviously. So we let them roll. Uh, I head back home for a little bit. Um, and when I get home, it's just not sitting right with me, um, knowing that the guy's there and we're going to wait till the morning to get him. The guy's wanting for attempted homicide. You know, I'm starting to think, what if some patrol cop pulls this guy over for a red light or something? He has no way to deal with, you know? So I talked to the guys on the team about, you know, picking this up and getting him tonight. Talked to the supervisor. He okays it. So um, that was probably within about an hour. So about an hour later, I'm back out there again. Uh, two guys on my team show up. We got other guys in route from across the state, but, you know, they're, like, they're probably an hour out, hour plus. So as we're on surveillance with three of us, uh, target rolls back in, in the uh, parking lot of the motel, does a quick lap around the building, obviously doing counter surveillance, and takes a parking spot. So as this is happening, we're trying to figure out, are we going to let it ride and let him get in the hotel? Are we going to try to take this on our own? What's the best option here? So we're, we're discussing this, and we decided that the best thing to do was probably with the three of us, which is not ideal, obviously. Um, we're going to try to take him in the parking lot simply because we didn't want him to get back into a hotel in a fortified position in a hotel room with possible hostages. You have possible hostages. You could have a murder-suicide. If you get up there and something goes bad at the breach of the door, you got shots fired in a hotel. I just, we feel like there was more bad that could happen out of that scenario. So we decided to take him in the parking lot ourselves. So the deal was, Based on where we were positioned at in the parking lot, I was going to pin the rear of the vehicle. Uh, my one partner was going to pin the driver's side, the other guy, passenger. So as we roll in, I come up, pin the rear. Um, one partner comes up, passenger side. Uh, my partner on the driver's side comes up. He's got to stop short because there's about two vehicles in between him and the target. So as I came in, the pinning from the rear, I had to come in at an angle. The way my vehicle was, I couldn't get directly behind him. So as I come in at an angle from his driver's side rear, I exit the vehicle. And as soon as I exit, 
I'm kind of like facing where he would be if he stepped out of his vehicle. So we're talking six to 10 feet. Um, as I get out of my vehicle, instantly I see his door crack. I see a hand come out and I just start seeing muzzle flashes. Oh, shit. Yeah. First thing I saw, I, I, it was barely even a hand. It was just flashes of light coming at me. And um, God damn. You always hear people talk about like they don't really hear it, you know? And I didn't. Like I could hear the gunshots, but it wasn't anything like when you're at the gun range and you have your, your headphones off and you're like, oh, man, it's super loud. Wasn't even like that, man. It was like a distant, a distant sound. Um, so as he's engaging me, uh, he's coming out. As he's engaging me, he's starting to come out of the vehicle, and I'm engaging him back. Um, you had a handgun or a rifle? I had a rifle initially. Um, at, when, when we decided to take him, I put the rifle up and went with the handgun because there was only three of us, and I thought, well, if we go hands-on, I don't want a long gun out there swinging around. Mm-hmm. So I transitioned in the, in the vehicle before I deployed out. So I had my handgun. Um, so we, we engaged each other. My first round goes into his door. Uh, I have two, two more rounds to go off. I hit him center mass. Uh, his shots land on me. He actually gets six rounds off that hit me. I don't know how many got off. He got six on me. So I had one go through my left shoulder. Uh, I had one go through my hand. Uh, two on the right arm. One in my femur. And I took one in the chest off my plate here that actually ricocheted and landed stuck in my chin. How so, bad did it, how bad did it did stick in your chin? Just stayed in the fucking... The whole, the, yeah, the whole thing, the whole round was just sticking out. Like, wow. to the point where, like, I could taste it. Like, I could feel it with my tongue. Holy fuck. Yeah, it was fucking nuts. So, I didn't know about all these rounds I took until later. I, I, I knew, so, when my leg got hit, it dropped me because it shattered my femur. Like, just fucking dropped Whoa, me. Oh, dude. So, I fell at the back like quarter panel of this car, like kind of near the rear. Um, and when my leg got hit, like it just shut me down. My whole brain shut down. So I, when I fell, I had no control of my body. So when I actually fell, I fell on top of my hands with my plate carry and crushed my hands. So both my hands were basically paralyzed because they were totally broken. My hands, fingers, wrists, it was all broken. Wow. Um, so when I hit the ground, I come to, and I can still hear shots going off. I can see my weapon. Underneath his, underneath of his car on the back, the rear side of his car. Um, I don't know where shots are going. If he's coming after me, I don't know what's going on. Um, so you couldn't move. I could move. So I ended up crawling underneath the back of his car, but I had to use my elbows and my left, my left uh, leg because my right leg was like it was laying at a ninety degree angle. It was just wow. totally like wow. not even attached. Uh, and then my hands were paralyzed, so I just I crawled underneath the car and I tried to lay on top. Of my handgun just so if he did come back and finish me i wasn't gonna land get my gun so i'm laying underneath the car i'm hearing these rounds go off i don't know where they're going who's firing what i'm just trying to get cover the best i can until this thing ends uh so it felt like an eternity which is probably the whole incident was probably 20 30 seconds maybe i'm guessing it wasn't very long um gunshots gunshots stopped uh, I start hearing one of my partners yelling for me. So I'm yelling back. He comes over, grabs my legs, yanks me out from underneath the car, which hurt like shit, obviously. Um, he's like, where are you hit? I'm like, I don't know. My hands are fucked. And my legs obviously hit. So he turns against my leg, drags me over to his car, toss me in the back seat, and boom, we're off to the hospital, which is about five minutes. Trauma center or just let like? No. So once I got there, they they flew me out. But I don't I don't want to go too far ahead. But how how long yeah. was the first hospital before they got rid of you? Forty five minutes to an hour. Okay, go go back to the yeah. go back to where we were. 
So um, he gets me in the back seat of the car, and we, we start pulling out of the parking. Now, before we do every mission, we always have we always brief everything. You know, we have we have an OS plan. So in our OS plan, we always designate one person as the medevac. This I'm the medevac. This is going to be the car. This is where my car keys are. And if we all program the nearest hospital into our phones for the GPS. Mm-hmm. So when you get into the car, boom, you know where you're going. We did all that. He did all that perfectly. That's great. He put the phone on the dash where his phone holder is for the GPS. And as he pulls out of the parking lot, phone falls off the fucking dash rolls under his seat. So he doesn't know where the fuck he's going because he's not from this area. Luckily, I'm still awake. I know what's going on. I'm I'm in shock, obviously, because you're not going to not be in shock, but I know what's going on to, to enough to know how to get to the hospital. So I'm getting directions on how to get to the hospital. And you guys have radios. You letting other law enforcement agencies know what's going on? Yeah. So we were operating off of our channel. Um, they, uh, so we let we let dispatch a dispatch center know that we're out there. And then the three of us were operate off of um, our own secure channel with the other guys that were coming. Um, so once we got into the vehicle, he switched channels back over to the, the main county channel. And let them know, like, hey, this what just happened. Shots fired. I'm taking TJ to the hospital. Um, so it was anybody on the way to catch up with you guys as you were on your way to the hospital, like any marked units or anything like that. Yeah. So he had they had there, there was there was units in the area marked units. So I told him how to get to like the turn off we had to take, and then there was a there was a, a state police unit there waiting for him to, to guide him in the rest of the way. But luckily, like I said we were five minutes away, so it wasn't it wasn't too bad. Uh, so I'm in the back seat. And the whole time I'm in the back seat, I'm just talking, trying to, you know, I'm talking to keep my head level and I'm just assessing all my injuries. Trying to, I'm like, all right, my hands are jacked up. I think I'm shot because there's a hole in one of them, but I can't move either one of them. I don't know why. Because like I said, when I fell, I was out for a second. Um, I knew my leg was jacked up and I knew I was probably bleeding out because bleeding out internally because my leg was swelling so bad. Wow. And I had, there was a lot of blood obviously, but it was just swelling up so bad and I couldn't move anything. Um, so my first thought was, I know I'm going to get to the hospital and I know at some point they're going to knock me out. It's a given. It's obvious in a scenario like this. So what I kept telling myself was in preparation was when I wake up, whenever that is, be prepared to not see that leg anymore because it might be gone. Because I didn't want to, I was expecting the worst because I didn't want to wake up and be like, holy shit, my leg's gone. I wanted to like wake up and think, oh, it is still there, you know? So I'm, I'm expecting the worst the whole way to the hospital, slowing down breathing. I'm, I'm telling jokes in the backseat. And my partner, Josh, is probably getting more annoyed because I'm telling jokes at the time. But um, I'm just trying to keep everything level headed. We get to the hospital, close up to the ER door. Um, they rip me out of the back seat on, on the uh, gurney there, roll me in. Um, like, like I said, I got a big plate carrier on, so I'm trying to give the nurses instructions on how to get it off. And that was the last thing I remember for probably there was flashes of things I remember in the next 24 hours, but I, I really wasn't awake again for like 48 hours. Did you go out on your own or did they, they put you out? They put me out. They had, I was telling them to put me out. I remember that. I remember telling them, you gotta knock me out because shit's hurting. Because uh, I remember one of the nurses when I came in, they were trying to take my boots off, and she pulled on my on my right Jesus boot. Christ, dude! And I just went ape shit because it was attached. Oh, so, my God. Um, but yeah, so they knocked me out. Um, 
I was there for like 45 minutes to an hour, maybe. And then they loaded me up on a uh, helicopter and flew me north. Where'd you go? Where'd you go? What was the trauma center you went to? Christiana, Delaware. It's in uh, Newcastle County, Delaware. Okay. So Five back up towards Jersey. Wilmington. Yeah, towards Jersey. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so during this time period, I'm married. I have family. Um, I'm, telling, I'm telling my partner, I'm like, dude, you got to call my wife. Like somebody's got to call my wife. He's like, we're going to take care of it. Don't worry. Da, 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 da. Um, my wife actually found out, this is the thing about social media. It's a good and there's a bad, you know, my wife found it, it, it hit the hit social media so quick that my wife knew probably within 10 or 15 minutes through a friend because everybody knew, you know, uh, it's, it's, Delaware's a small state, it's a small law enforcement community. So shit travels quick, you know? Um, so she was, she was actually in bed. Uh, reading my son a story, he's seven, and uh, she got a Christ. phone call. She got a phone call from her friend asking if she was already needing anything. She's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" So that's how she found out. Um, and then she got a she got a ride to the hospital. And when she got to the hospital, I was already out. They had already knocked me out. Who who drove her to the hospital? At the time, we were in between houses because we had just sold ours and we were building, so we were staying with uh with her parents, with her dad, and um, so my. my my stepmother-in-law stayed home with my son and my father-in-law drove my wife to the hospital. Yeah. Did you guys have a plan in place at your agency or the commercial service to notify somebody and what that was going to go, how that was going to uh, unfold in an event like this? I think the marshal service probably did to an extent. I can't speak for them really, but uh, I don't think my department did. I think we've never, we've had, we've had officer involved shootings. We've never had anybody shot. So it just kind of, I think they did what the best they could in the moment, but looking That's back, why, you know, like it could have been, you got to have a plan in place. I've been saying this forever. Yeah. Everybody's got to take some time. Yeah. At least uh, bring it to your administration's attention and say, I know this may never happen, but if it does. There's too I'm much listening. chain of command. There's too much chain of command. You can't put something through that. You can't put something like that through 10 things in chain of command. Before you make a before you make a move, somebody's got to make a move. You know, yeah. It, it, go, it goes from people on scene, and then it goes to a dispatch, and then it goes to the the on duty uh, shift supervisor. Yeah. yeah, right. And then it goes up the chain. It's like, when do we end this? Make a call. No, no, no. Yeah, I'm saying before these things happen, have it have right. a plan right. in place. This is what's going to happen if this does happen. We right. need to know where your family is. This is how it's going to yep. go down. We are sending mark yep. patrol unit. That's closest to your town there yeah. to get your wife and bring you to where you are. If you're still right. alive. You and, know? and I mean, for, like through all the hoops you got to go through, they probably ended up notifying her within a half hour. So that's not too bad. She just found out so quickly because social media happens all the you time, know? dude happens all the time. There, you, there's no way around it. It's nature of the beast. Um, you got that, you got that service that literally notifies everybody for, of uh, from dispatch. Yeah, that uh, automated service. We have that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, you know, that black box that people send to me. All, I don't even have the app. Yeah. yeah it's an app that you just yeah. get constant notifications. Yep. So, yeah, from there, uh, they flew me up to Christiana. Um, this was like during the height of COVID, it was December of 2020. So, my wife and my parents were up there for the first 24 hours, which I don't, I don't, I don't know any of it because I was out, you know. Um, so they were, they could see me, but once I came out of surgery, excuse me, that was it. 
Um, with COVID protocols, I couldn't see my family for an, an entire week. The first week I was in ICU, I couldn't see my family. Fucking bullshit, dude, right? Never saw my wife. Never couldn't see my son unless it was like FaceTime. Couldn't see him. Wouldn't allow him up. Yeah. I'm going to go back a little bit. Yeah. I just want to reiterate, the gentleman who did this to you, he was wanted for an attempted homicide, right? Right. Yeah, out of uh, Reading, PA. What happened in that incident? What did he do there? Uh, he ended up... It was attempted homicide on his brother, actually. Wow. Shot a, uh, gun, yeah, gun-related, yeah. Yeah. What so he fled, he, he fled. He fled from up there, um, fled with his girlfriend. She had two small kids. She actually had three small kids. There was another kid in the hotel room that we didn't know about, and two smaller ones were in the vehicle with him. So when this incident unfolded, were the kids in the car? Yeah, they were in the back seat. Yeah. They, um, when their first shot rang out, they bailed out of the pasture side and took off on foot, which wow. was great, which was great, obviously, um, which because at, at that point, my partner that was on the, the passenger side, he knew the kids were in there. You could see him. So he was kind of stuck on on engaging the suspect for a moment. Once they bailed out, he was able to get rounds off through the vehicle at him, which actually scared him off of me. So he actually when I was on the ground, he actually ran by. me. What was the verdict? Did you guys kill that guy? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he he. I had rounds in center mass. They had a shit ton of rounds in him. He still ran. I think it was like 72 yards or something. He ran wow. until he, until he fell out in the middle of a reload. Wow. dude! Yeah. So he was, he was ready to go. He was, he wasn't going to jail. No, no, he was ready to go. He had a Taurus nine millimeter. He had, uh, he had two mags with him. Yeah. Jesus. Was he able to reload any? He was in the middle of, of his first reload when he expired. He actually collapsed in the park line and expired right there. Well, that makes life comfortable for everybody else because somebody yeah. who chooses to do this to other human beings, especially our heroes in blue, right. um, yeah. I don't think they deserve anything no. less than what he got. No, I mean, he obviously didn't. He obviously didn't care about the kids or nothing either. So no, no, he's a fucking piece of shit. Exactly. You know, so uh, good riddance, and you yep. can quote me on that in the fucking any articles you want to write, putting children in harm's way. Yeah, I agree with you. It's ridiculous. Sad. So. I want to go back to you're at the hospital. How long did you spend in the hospital? Did you finally see your wife and kid after the week? Yeah, so I was there for it was seven days. The seventh day I left um, on the sixth day. It was a battle with the hospital. We even had like the governor call the hospital to try to get my wife in there and they just weren't having it. Wow. And then finally, the day before I left, somehow they allowed her up. So I finally got to see her on the day before I was discharged from ICU. Wow. What a um, moment, huh? Yeah, it was great. It was great, man. Um, just because I could only talk to her on the phone, you know. And um, she had seen me. She had seen me, but I hadn't seen her. Um, and then the uh, the next day, I was released. They allowed her up there that day, and that was the day I got to see my son. Wow! So that was that was great. Um, but it was only it was only it was only it was brief because uh, from from ICU that I went to a living rehab for two weeks. Yeah, but at the what at 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 the hospital, I will say, um, they would allow one member of my agency and one member of the marshal service to sit with me twenty four seven. So I always had two guys with me the whole time. I was never alone. That's great. Which was great. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It's, I mean, I was never in that room by myself. It's important, yeah. man. It's it's wonderful to hear that you somebody somewhere had the had the wherewithal to put yeah. their fucking brain to use 
and give yeah. you the support that you need. And yeah. I was just talking on the phone with uh, Hannah Heyman, who's our in-house clinician. And I was talking about like, I just met a guy recently. I don't want to say, you know, and uh, just hearing his story of how he was mistreated after a significant, significant incident. I'm going to keep it very vague. And how his administration just did such a shit job. Yeah. Uh, it, it like breaks my heart. She's like, you know, why do you think that is? Like, I don't think they're bad people. I think they're just fucking horrible leaders. Yeah, there is that. Um, I was treated very well. I was very lucky in my incident. Um, there's always going to be things you can look back on and change or do differently. And mine's no different than that. But all in all, um, I, I, I was treated very well. I was treated great, very, very that's well. That's great to hear. Even, even, even from the community. It was great. I had everyone rallied behind me. I had no negative experience with mine. And that was at a time where we were experiencing this, uh, the, the yeah. anti-police we the in this country. Yeah. And by the way, the, what you saw in the news and in right. fucking six major yeah. cities. Outside of that, yeah. Yeah, I got to tell you, pretty unaffected here in, in New Jersey. Uh, I don't know what you guys felt in Delaware. I mean, we had some protests and stuff early on when all that shit was going on, but nothing got too nuts. It wasn't too bad. Most and most people, they, don't, they didn't even live here, you know, so. So what kind of what kind of surgical procedures did they do? So I had I had a rod placed in my right leg from my hip to my knee. Hmm. Um, I have pins and plates in both hands. Um, I had some shrapnel removed. I still have some shrapnel. Um, oh, you keep some souvenirs? Yeah, I got some souvenirs, man. I got some souvenirs. Um, I actually. That was December. So in February, I had to have another surgery to have two rounds removed from me. I still had two bullets in there. Wow. Had to have those removed. Yeah. Actually, I still have those too. Yeah. So I've had, I've had over the course of the past, my last surgery was this past December. And I've had somewhere probably around eight to 10 surgeries over the last, last year. How are you dealing with things now? What is, what is the, what is, what is, what have you, lost as far as mobility or cognitive abilities or if you don't mind talking about walking us through yeah. some of that shit my legs doing really well um i can run i can jump to an extent i can jump to an extent um no i wouldn't say i have full mobility in my leg you know like if i sit and cross my legs it's kind of difficult because i don't have that range of motion mm-hmm. um and i have a constant soreness in my right leg, it's, it doesn't go away. It's just 24 seven. It's just like something I live with now and it gets worse. It, it, some days are worse than others. It just depends on what I do. Cause I'm pretty active. Um, and I'll get into that later with you. Um, my hands, I'm still in physical therapy. I'm not back to work. I'm still in physical therapy. We're down to two days a week now for my hands. Um, so my left hand, you can see, I have, let me see a scar. I have plates oh, yeah. in here. Oh yeah. And I had, I had some in my thumb here. They're actually gone now. They took those plates out. So I can move this hand. This this hand is fine in my fingers. My thumb is fine down here, but the knuckle doesn't bend. Okay. It's just, it's just there, stuck there. And it will wow. be. It's not going to move. Um, my right hand, I have plates in my thumb here, you can see. Um, and then you can see the difference in, like, how much I can spread my, spread my thumbs apart. So this one is kind of stuck, too. That's about all I can get. Like, I can't close a fist. You know, mm-hmm. that's all I got. That's all I got in there. And that's, that'll be permanent too. That's not going to get any better. Jesus. So, um, and there's a constant soreness in my right hand. It, it can be worse too. Like I just, some yard work yesterday for like 10 minutes and it was like, it, the pain was killing me afterwards. 
just sometimes it just gets bad. And then um, at the gym, it's tough. Like I work out a lot, so it's, it's tough to put muscle back on because I'm limited on the amount of weight that I can pick up or hold with this hand. So it's frustrating, but I make the best of it. It is what it is. You know, it's, I don't think people really understand the severity of how much your life becomes limited when you go through yeah. an incident like this. So to try to have compassion for something like this and people, people get hearing this story, imagine it being you empathizing with what you're, you've gone through. And, and again, bro, I know a lot of people now that were through this organization were severely injured in the line of duty and hearing the stories, man, I just so much more compassion and, you know, you, people really have to continue to give you guys and girls support. Yeah. That's you why know. I love that group, man, because not to get off tra- track a little no. bit, but go like after my incident, it was like, I talked to a lot of cops that have been in shootings and that's great, but it's really hard to find another cop that's been shot and we'll, and, and we'll talk about it. You know, that's really, that's really something hard to find. So that's why that group that you, that you've got is such an awesome thing, man. Yeah, Cause guys good. are going there and just, it's a closed group. You can go in there and talk about what you want to talk about. You can, guys will reach out to you. You can reach out to them. It's awesome, man. It's really, yeah, it's, it's really, great, really cool. We would never find enough counselors and what we're finding is people are, are counseling each other. I'm really yeah, proud I'm gonna, of I'm gonna, everybody. I'm going to try to get more involved in here. It's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah. Listen, man, you know, you, you do what you can, you know, what can you do? You can't yeah. you can do everything. You got a lot yep. going on. Everybody knows that, you know, I mean, we'll do the events, sometimes do the meetings and not everybody's yeah. there. And I try to tell these guys like, look, these people, you know, you don't know what they're going through. Let's not yeah. get angry right. that they're not there. You know, you've yeah. been through it too. They may not be in the same mental state that you're in. Right. I mean, yeah, these, these guys and girls, they're, they're yeah, brother. They're, they're in some rough, the people don't understand the mental state of going through some shit like this. It's, you can't it's everyday grind, it. man. It's an everyday grind. The morning yeah. you wake up to let you go to bed, it's everyday grind. Tell me about some it of that, is. if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, I, I feel pretty fortunate. Um, I think it's because from the, from the moment I was laying in that parking lot, I was already thinking, you know, how are things going to be going forward? But I was also thinking, and I still think it to this day, I was determined that I wasn't going to lose in that parking lot. He was not going to beat me in that parking lot, and he didn't. And I kept that mindset going forward from the moment I woke up in the hospital, and I told myself, he didn't beat me in that fucking parking lot. He's sure as hell not going to beat me in my own fucking house. Mm. And that's the mindset that I keep going forward every day. I got through it. I fucking won, and I'm still fucking winning. He ain't going to beat me. Mm. you know. And that's kind of, that's just the mindset you got to have every day. And sometimes it's hard to muster that up because we're human and we all have bad days. We all have bad moments and I do too, but it's just working your way through it. It's just keep working through it. You know, look at the big picture of things. You're still here. You know, what lessons have you learned or did you learn that you want to pass on to other cops about this incident? Time. You know, family, time with your family is precious. And leading up to this incident with the task force I was on, we were all brothers. We all loved one another. And we were determined to do the job, regardless of anything else. That, that was first and foremost. If one of us had a case come up and, hey, I need help doing this at 8 o'clock tonight or midnight or 3 in the morning, it wasn't any question. We were going to go do it. It didn't matter what, what was planned, what was going on. It was work. And we're going to go do it. Um, and that's one thing looking back, if I were to go back, 
um, I would change. I, I wouldn't be so ate up with it because I know a lot like we're cops, man. We all get ate up with it. We all want that awesome traffic stop. We all want that big bus. We all want to catch that fugitive. We all want to be there for our brothers and sisters. You don't want to miss anything. But at some point, you got to reel it in and you got to give enough time to the family because that's the most important thing. Work is always going to be there. But those precious moments with your family are not always going to be there especially if you have kids, they, they grow up like weeds, man, you know? And that's one thing, being home for the past year and a half and spending all the time I've gotten to spend with my son, like taking him to school, picking him up, throwing the baseball around whenever the hell I want to. It's been amazing, you know? And that's stuff that I didn't, I did not ever do, but not to the level that I do now, you know? And I make sure I always make time for that, regardless of what's going on. Even if I have something, schedule and he wants to go do something if it's something i can put it off i'm putting it off you know um time with family it's it's precious and that's one thing you can't get back sounds like there was something good that came out of this huh yeah um you know that's so that's another weird thing is it's not that i'm thankful this happened you know because i'm not um but i am extremely thankful for what i've gotten out of it and where it's put me you know, um, and that just comes down to falling back on keeping that mindset and always trying to find the positive in something, you know, um, not everything has to be the end of the world. Yeah. It's just keeping that positive mindset, man. And, and having the outlook just to keep going forward, make something out of it. You know, don't, don't let someone else make your life for you. You make your own life. T, I wanted to ask you more questions, but I don't know how I'm ever going to top that. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Man. Like yeah. this is not the last time we do it, but I think this should be the end of the episode because yeah, that was well, fucking... it can't be the end, man. I got so much more to tell you. We'll do it. Let's do it a second yeah. time. I love it, man. I got there's a there's a second half to the story that I'd really like to share. So yeah, definitely. Let's say I I I am not cutting it off, but that was very powerful, and I don't I don't yeah. want to disrupt that that ending, dude. Yeah, we definitely got to do a part two because there's another, there's another chapter. If you read if you read some of my bio. There's another chapter of the story that is where it really takes off for him. And I want, I, want, I want to get that message across. Yeah. Brother, it's going to be so good. Yeah, it's going to be great, man. I love it. I'm so glad you guys have me on, man. I really am. Oh, no, I'm, you're not glad. And, bro, the, the amount of value that you brought to people by telling yeah. your story and sharing that, real good. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. It's, you know, it's, I'm sure you get it all the time, but, like, I don't, it's not that I don't like doing these things. It's just like, oh, damn, I got to go fucking do a podcast. You know what I mean? So, but I, I, when they're done, I, I'm, I'm so glad I did it's one of those kind of deals. Sometimes you do things that aren't for yourself. That's right. My wife tells me that all the time, man. She's like, you know, this happened for a reason and you need to make sure you follow through with it. I'm like, you're right. So I go, this, I go do this shit, you know? Brother, so, I, there's a lot of things that I don't want to do, yeah. but, I, but I know it's more than what it's not, it's more than just about me. It's bigger than you. Right. It's bigger than you. It's, exactly. it's way bigger than me. Yep. And sometimes there's pressure around it all kind of rides on me and making sure that I'm playing this game the right way. And a lot of responsibility comes with that. And when I yeah. am slightly irresponsible, even, yeah. even to some degree of maybe fucking off. Yeah. Uh, I, I pay for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, and, right. and, and I, I really have an obligation to be serving the world and the law enforcement community with the skills and abilities that I have to make things better. Yeah. 
You're doing a great thing, man. You, you got a lot of people that are following you, man. You're That's doing great, a great man. job. Yeah. You got you guys are all doing a great job there, man. You really are. Thank you, dude. I really appreciate it. You know why? And I, I honestly think the core of it is the people associated with this company, the instructors, the staff here, they're the best people I've ever known in my life. Yeah. Like that's key, man. Dude, I we just went to Nashville last week with uh most of the administrative staff here. We have a lot of people in office. You know, I remember being there about halfway through. I said, I cannot believe that these people are literally the best people. They're the most fun. They're the most kind. Yeah. Um, they're cool. Like, and I think that's probably the most important ingredient uh, yeah. of why things are going on the way they are for, for this organization right. is people like, and, and I think they really catch on to who we are. It's so. awesome, man. You're doing a great job. Just keep it up, brother. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely get that week next week because I think that'd be really fucking fun, man. Yeah. For sure. And by the way, man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I know it's not easy at times. Absolutely. But Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure meeting you too, my man. You too, brother. You too. Right, can't wait to see you next soon. week. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. See you.